0: Welcome to episode 128, today's guest is Phoebe Leona. Phoebe is an author, speaker, dancer, transformational and embodiment guide. Through her work, she helps men and women feel more embodied and empowered in who they are and who they are becoming to have a greater sense of belonging. Phoebe also grew up in a single parent household. Today she is sharing her journey, her story that led her to being the person who she is today. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Phoebe. If you'd like to suggest a future topic for the podcast, please fill out feedback form located in episode notes. Something exciting happened as a result of this podcast on December 9, 2022. Soul Parent book, Inspirational Wisdom and Guidance on Navigating Life as a Single Parent was born. This is a collection of the most inspiring and powerful stories from wonderful guests over the last 33 months in my podcast, Single Parent Success Stories. Stories of accomplishments, challenges, and breakthroughs of single parents as well as experts to help navigate the post-divorce journey. When I started my podcast, my goal was to create a guide to single parents by sharing inspiring stories that remind us there is light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing is lost. It's an opportunity for a rebirth and reinventing of yourself. It's an opportunity to look at life and become conscious of where you are headed and an invitation to create a life by design. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, please follow links in the episode notes. All proceeds are going to the Kinship Charity. welcome to single parent success stories i am your host Irina irena and i am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future single parent success stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible And welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Phoebe Leona. She is her mission in life is to offer transformational experiences so people have a greater sense of purpose and belonging. She is an embodiment guide, a yoga teacher, dancer, author, and a TEDx speaker. Welcome, Phoebe. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you so much, Irina. It's so good to be with you today. Thank you. So, how are you today? How
0: was your weekend?
1: Oh, my weekend was really lovely. Um, spent a little bit of time with my grandmother, and and then I drove up to New York, where I'm based out of in the Hudson Valley. Oh, nice, nice.
0: Well, welcome, welcome. So, please share with us how did you, who is Phoebe, and how did you uh, get to do what you do now? What happened? What led you to on that path? <laughs>
1: That's such a big, broad question. Um, But who am I? Well, aside from the two sentences that you already shared with the world, um, I really find joy through helping people transform in many different ways, but I usually love it through the, the movement practice. I find a lot of joy through my own healing journey, which I can tell you a little bit about my story in a little bit, but it was such a pivotal, um, time in my life that I had, you know, as I was going through my childhood to have movement, particularly dance as my own healing modality at that time. And, and really I didn't see it as a healing modality. I was just, you know, a, a young child who enjoy dancing. And so when I would, you know, want to experience joy or share joy with other people, I usually was dressing up and dancing around and, you know, going to dance classes and performing for my family getting recruiting everybody else to get in there. And so, but what I also realized as I continued on as an adult and I was pro- teaching Pilates and yoga and then i was helping other people through their own their own journeys yeah they came through many different doors it might have been a physical door of you know getting fit maybe recovering from an injury it might have also been more of a door of spirituality Or personal development but whatever door these people would come in through we would use movement as our language to transform and when i started to work with other people and then i kind of dealt with a lot of my own um, heartbreak about 10 years ago when i was going through a divorce and i lost my father who um, died in his sleep rather suddenly, it was an invitation to really go it deeper into my healing journey. And when I was going into that, and again, I have already had already been teaching for years and years prior to that, but I realized I was starting to connect the dots of how the movement, particularly dance back then, was this healing modality for me. Because when I would um, deal with my father who dealt with pretty severe PTSD from being um, a Vietnam veteran. Uh, He would have flashbacks and rage, and it was rather scary to live with him at times. He was a very loving human, loving father, but there were just these times that he would, um, the PTSD really got to him. And so I used the dance to heal myself just intuitively. I would go into the room, I'd close the door, I'd turn the music on, and I thought I was just hiding from dad, but really what I was doing was I was finding my way to process the emotions that were his, that I was picking up on my own, my own emotions that I didn't know how to deal with, my own anger, my own sadness, my own confusion. And I would just dance my way to experience joy again. And so now that I've sort of connected these dots and seen how I was intuitively teaching from that place the whole time, I've really stepped into it, um, you know, the past 10 years of making that more intentional on in how I offer my, my services to the world.
0: Oh, wow. That's such a story. Wow. And yeah. what led you to do it? It's
1: amazing. What, what makes you happy? What makes me happy? So many things make me happy. I mean, right there is dance, movement in general, um being with people that I absolutely love and and cherish, like my family. I'm very grateful to have my mother, my grandmother, my sister and aunts. So I have a very um maternal side of my family is very strong and and loving and and very prominent in my life. And I also have a lot of dear friends that I am surrounded by as well. Um, I love to travel. So that makes me happy being able to, it comes really from that place of curiosity. I love learning about different parts of the world, different cultures, different people and how they live. Um, but I also enjoy and be happy at home. I'm also somewhat a homebody, <laughs> and you know, I'm I have always been a secret introvert. Like I push myself to go outside and be outgoing, but I also love staying at home and and having that nurturing space. So the pandemic was actually um, kind of a blessing for me to to be able to to do that give myself permission to to be there and and experience joy at home more than i usually had given myself before
0: yeah yeah totally uh- for well, introverts, I think pandemic was great because they yeah. finally could, could be by themselves without yeah. having to commute anywhere or interact yeah. with us.
1: Like, oh, good. This this is a dream. I, all the other stuff of pushing myself to go out to the parties and to do, go to the social engagements, to go to, you know, teach uh, 10 different studios at that time. Yeah, it was just such a, it was like, ah, well, yeah, I can stay home. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs>
0: And what is your favorite place, to mm-hmm. spot to travel to? Do you have a favorite one?
1: Mm, there are lots of places that I enjoy for very many different reasons. Um, I lived in Costa Rica for a period of time. And so there's something very dear to that place because it was where I went to after I, I dealt with my dad passing away and going through my divorce so it was very healing and I've gone back there several times so it has a special place in my heart um but I also absolutely love Spain uh, I've been to Spain a number of times in different different um areas and I always like even when I was younger I always thought that I was going to live in Spain I have no reason I don't necessarily know why but I always used to tell people that I was you know going to live in Spain so I love Barcelona. Um, and then Bali calls me a lot. I have been there a couple of times leading retreats there. Um, and that just play, feels like if you've ever been there, I mean, it just, I mean, it's called Mama Bali. It just, it feels like you're being held and nurtured and, and loved and the people are just so amazing. So those are three of my my favorite places. And there's so many places that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I've been to Barcelona, mm-hmm.
0: uh, in Spain. I haven't been to Costa Rica. Bali is on my bucket list. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> I definitely want to visit. I hope to live there someday too.
1: Yeah, you want to uh, live, live, live
0: retreat? or build a retreat, some something along those lines.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, I can definitely connect you with the right people because I, I lead retreats there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Special.
0: And I think travel gives us a sense of adventure and ability to explore like something outside of our own immediate space and see how, uh, you know, cultures around the world live and, you know, what is it all about. Yeah. So awesome. How do you help people? I how know you, you shared them? in the beginning a little bit, but specifically.
1: Yeah, so I help people in, in a lot of different ways, primarily, like I said, through movement. Um, I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years now. Before that, I taught Pilates and dance. And the last six years, I have created my own somatic movement modality, which is movement 109. And this is really what I see as the integration of every all of my experiences the personal journey of, of healing, but also kind of my own professional experience of teaching where I was realizing that in the West, um, we have very linear thinking, linear way of of ways of doing things. Right. And so yoga is a beautiful practice because in, to help integrate that to a sense, but it's very masculine still. So it's very much in that young energy where you're still kind of moving on your mat forward and back, right. In this very linear sense, you have, um, you know, to a certain extent, amount of poses that you're doing every time. Um, and when I was feeling, you know, teaching and leading yoga teacher trainings for, for a number of years, I was starting to get burnout, burnout on just the teaching of it, burnout on, Um, the movement of it. And I started to lie down on my back and I was kind of rolling around in in different way, a more circular way, more of what I used to do as a child and kind of being free and easy and being really more intuitive, Um, as well as when I was in college, when I was dancing um, and learning lots of different techniques, it felt very organic. It was more in this feminine nature, this yin energy where it's more receptive and listening and circular and and really paying attention to what is really truly happening within because you know a practice of yoga and other fitness modalities it's usually you have a, a teacher or trainer telling you to do a certain way of moving your body and you're you're kind of listening to your body if there it's painful you might say ah right you might react But this practice is really a deeper listening. Yes, there might be a guide um, in the front of the room or in your session suggesting you of ways of moving, but it's really ultimately you have that power. You have the wisdom as that practitioner to listen to what are the sensations here? What are the patterns? How are you responding to the patterns? Because really what is happening in the body is, and how you interact with it is how you do everything out here. So how you interact with these patterns, how you interact with the messages like injuries and illnesses, if you're fighting through it right and you're kind of i'm gonna battle this out right you're probably doing that in your external relationships as well right if you're avoiding things in your body you're saying i don't really want to handle that pain right now i'm just going to ignore it right you're probably doing that on a greater scale in your external world right you're probably in you know denying parts of your aspects of yourself in the external world or in certain relationships And so how you do anything in here is really how you do everything out here. So that's really how I help people. I find um, the somatic practice of moving the body, listening to the body really, and journaling, meditation. These are all tools that we put in the toolbox in this movement modality, Movement 109
0: i love it and the fact that you combine everything and you're so right about about in the western world everything's being linear and this is how we see things just this is either black or white there is nothing in between and the fact that you bring in together you know everything like our emotions or how we relate to our body oftentimes we take our body for granted just like you say you know we uh, we don't appreciate the things that we have. I did not appreciate uh, the simple act of walking until I dislocated my knee. I'm totally mm-hmm. fine now. But it's a simple thing that you expect, like drinking water. It's just walking, who cares, right? It's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't have it anymore, then start paying attention. It's like mm. Exactly. <laughs> I should be have been listening. <laughs> exactly. To little telltale signs that we usually tend to ignore. So Yeah. yeah. Combining everything, I think, is important because we are not one-dimensional, we are four-dimensional, and we have all of those different uh, bodies kind of interacting with each other, and you're so right, what we are thinking about, it's all happening in the external world as well. What advice would you give to your younger self,
1: (laughs) knowing what what you know now? yeah. I've done a lot of inner child work. And and honestly, I actually speak to her a lot um, because especially those moments where she was scared. So I, I do go to her and I meditate with her and I tell her she's okay. And so at this point, the advice that I would give her is to really just embrace the joy even more. Um, I think at one point I got really... I was really scared about watching my father because he, because of his symptoms of PTSD, he, one of them was also, he was a drug addict. And so I saw him go down in this very, very challenging spiral to witness. And I was very, very headstrong that I, it wasn't going to be me. Cause we didn't know at that time, we didn't have the word really trauma PTSD wasn't even a diagnosis in the early 80s when I was witnessing him and so I just thought that he was you know kind of a mess up of a person of a dad and you know so I really thought if he could if he was going to be like this I could potentially be like this so I was really hard on myself and really pushed myself to make sure that I didn't take I didn't take the same route that he did but now that we, I know a lot more about his journey, he and also he has a success story. He fully rehabilitated, um, you know, the last years of his life. We had we had a beautiful four years when he came back into my life, where we healed a lot of our wounds together, his own, but then my ours together. Um, so now that I've been on the other side of it, and I know that that was part of his journey, it was actually taught me a lot about who I am. And, and how also I utilize that and how I help people, I want to go back and just tell her, you know, you're going to be fine. And I've told her this before, you're going to be fine. Just continue to be that joyful light being that you are. And I've got you. Yeah. (laughs) Going to help you. I love
0: that advice. I think we don't, uh, we think joy is for little children. But as adults, we still have that little five-year-old inside of us, and we do need to pay attention on keeping our joy. Yeah, in there. How can uh, embodiment work benefit single parents?
1: Mm. Oh my gosh, this would be so helpful for single parents and their children, right? So first, as a single parent or anybody human out here in the world to just be able to have agency over your own experience, your own emotional tapestry, I call it, right? Being able to understand what is yours when you're having that hard day at work and you have to go and take care of your children and you don't want to carry that baggage of the hard day at work in, into, you know, into dinner and into your spending t- your quality time with them, right? So having some sort of practice like this, like an embodiment is to recognize first, okay, what is this emotion I'm dealing with? We're just using the example of anger, you know, what was the trigger, right? That's also understanding, was it what your boss said to you? Was it like when you were driving to work, like how far back did it go, right? And, and did it sort of build up over the day, Right? So checking in with yourself first and then giving some sort of expression to it too, because we also wanna know for ourselves as healthy humans that we can experience anger and anger is a good energy to have in times, right? We need to stand up for ourselves where we see things that are happening to other people and we wanna take care of them, right? And we wanna, we move from that place of feeling this, this emotion of anger. Um, so recognizing, okay, there is a healthy way to experience it and express it. Let me do this in a way that I don't take it out and bring that energy into my home. So there's that piece of it. But then also you can use this practice of embodiment to help your children understand, right? Because a lot of times what happens from up until age seven, our ch- children are in recording mode. Yeah, they're receiving all of the information conscious and unconscious of our parents, right? And everything around us, we're just absorbing everything. And if you're carrying that energy, they're going to pick up on that intuitively, whether they're realizing that or not, they're just pulling that in anything that you say, they're pulling that in. And so they're also feeling a lot of emotions too, as as if you, we don't have a healthy outlet like sports or, or movement or art and, you know, giving some sort of energetic expression to these emotions, we start to condition ourselves, right? To not feel them anymore. We do this right off the bat, right? As, as children, it's like, okay, this isn't an, an appropriate time to cry or act out in the restaurant, right? Because it's more of our own embarrassment as parents, right? But, okay, well, let's find a way that we can express ourselves in a healthy way, maybe you know, in a little bit of time, whatever it is, like you have to negotiate that, but to give them that outlet to actually experience that this emotion that's hard to deal with. Um, and so when we first have that for ourselves, we have that that agency over our own emotional tapestry. We can understand how we affect other people, you know, mainly our children. Um, and then also to give our children that, that freedom to experience their own emotions and expression, expression of their emotions, that's going to empower them and really build, this emotional intelligence in, in them for them for their entire lives, right?
0: Yes, yeah, you're so right. Even as adults, we have difficulty articulating how we are feeling.
1: Yeah, because we were conditioned, right? Like we were conditioned, we go go back to your younger self from one to seven and, and beyond that too, but that's really when we're in this sort of recording mode in our brain, we're receiving everything. If we're picking that up, if our parents told us, you know, don't do that, don't cry here, don't say that, you know, there's a lot of don'ts, right? Because they're conditioning us, but they're not doing it from a place. I mean, hopefully they're not doing it from a place because they don't love us. They're actually doing it a place from quote unquote protection because that's what they learned too. So it's just being passed down um, from generation to generation. And I think that we're in a really exciting time right now because there's so much Um, knowledge and wisdom that's coming through more in the mass media now of recognizing how these conditions are being passed down, um, you know, through the nature and the nurture. And we're all consciously as parents, as, as humans making new choices, because we know that our children are the future, right? And so we have to take ourselves and hold ourselves accountable now so that we can, you know, bring up this next generation.
0: Yes. Yes. So, so true. Couldn't agree more with you. Yeah.
1: What is your number one superpower?
0: If you had to pick one.
1: Um, oh my number one superpower. Hmm. I think that I am rather, rather intuitive. And I, I actually used to think this was a curse Because that I was able to pick up on the energies of things shifting when I was a child, I thought that I was making them happen. So when my father went into a rage, but I felt that energy shift before there was any action, right? There was the evidence that he was angry. I felt it. And so when I felt it and I saw it, then I thought, oh my gosh, I thought this. And so I thought that I was creating, but all I was doing was I was so tapped into what was happening in my surroundings. And so it took me a really long time to come to terms with, this isn't a curse. This is actually a superpower. I can really tune into what my energy is and what other people's energy is in my field. Right. And I can, I can choose to set a boundary if it's not a safe experience, but I can also choose to lean into somebody because maybe there's something that they're not saying. And I know that they need help and I can, you know, be there and of service in a way that, you know, not necessarily breaking through and saying, haha, ha, I know what you're going through, but like just being there and supporting them and tapping into that and, and being that support. So it feels more like a superpower now that I've, I've been claiming more and more.
0: I love it. I think that's amazing superpower because oftentimes we'd rather trust figures of authority than oh. trust our own inner uh, guidance system or intuition. So kudos to you for listening yeah. to yourself and uh, fine tuning that and making it uh, you know part of your own amazing superpower. <laughs>
1: yeah and I mean that's what the embodiment practice is is to really empower people with their intuition again it's that listening giving yourself that permission to listen deeply to yourself again and trusting that that voice so you don't have to lean into you know the authority as you said
0: yeah are there any fun projects that you currently working on that you would like to share
1: Mm, yeah. Well, I have my book Dear Radiant One that came out last year and something that's been really lighting me up are doing these ex- radiant experiences I call them where I share in in book reading, a book reading of, you know, the stories that are in my book, but I I love to co-create with people. So the first book reading that I did, I I started to dance a little bit around as I was sharing these stories from the book. And then I had people who I, you know, that I love dearly who are artists, and they said, Oh, I would really love to participate with you. So now it's every time I do it, another person gets involved. So the last time we did it, we had an artist who was painting on a canvas as I was telling my stories, a sound healer with gongs and singing bowls, and my friend who's a poet who was reading some of them as poetry as I was dancing. And so it's been this really beautiful fun project to bring together these stories and share them in a way that is transformative, that is joyful. These darker times that I share in my book about my childhood, um, it's bringing it to light. And it's so it's been very freeing for me, but it's also this space where giving the people who are also with me co-creating behind me and with me, but also the audience in in that co-creative motion, that, um, that co-creative experience too. And it's giving them permission to look at their stories that maybe they tucked away under the rug and behind those darker corners and bringing them to light. And so it's been such a joy to be able to do that for myself and for others And I'm definitely looking, calling that in to do more of that in this coming, in this year.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I remember when we spoke with you before that you mentioned that you grew up in a single parent household. So what, what was it like? What were some of the challenges you faced or was everything smooth?
1: No, I mean, like, as I said, my father, he was my primary caregiver. So from, eight to about 15 so my parents were together until I was eight my parents when they split up my mother moved out so I lived with my father in my home going to the same school and so that was very strong and stable because I had that foundation of what I knew would to be familiar my friends my home my room but my dad was not stable because of, you know, he was grieving from, you know, the heartbreak of the loss of my, you know, my parents being together, but also it really heightened that the symptoms of PTSD. And so he would drink, he would disappear for periods of time. Um, He was using drugs. He was dealing drugs. So I would get calls from drug dealers, you know, looking for my father, um, and so it was, I had a double life because I really knew that having my fit, my home, my physical home and having my friends and having my school and excelling at school was really super important to me. That was the only way I was going to get through it. Um, and I, but the other thing is I loved my father very much. I was definitely daddy's girl. And when he was good, he was so good. He was so loving. He was my biggest teacher but this thing just had a grip on him. And so when I was 15 years old, it just got so bad. And and there was no dividing it. I couldn't leave the, these two lives anymore because now I was at an age where my friends in high school had cars and they would drive by and just stop by whenever they wanted. And I didn't know what was gonna be happening in my household at that time. So I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I decided to move in with my grandmother in Texas, I was in Maryland. So I moved to Texas for a semester. And then during that time, my father just disappeared completely. Um, and I didn't see him again really until I was in my thirties. So my mom moved to my school district. I was able to come back and move in with her and go to my school. So I I had like, you know, an okay childhood in terms of my my school life, my friend life, but my home life was was rather much, you know, very much in turmoil in Iraq. But I don't regret any of it because, as I said before, it really made me who I am today and how I serve people. And because I was able to have, you know, this success story of my father calling me on Father's Day in 2009, you know. Out of the blue, I didn't know if he was dead. I didn't know if he was going to be in jail. I didn't know if he was homeless. And honestly, all of those things did come true. When he called me, he had been arrested. Um, he had so he had been thrown in jail. He he had been homeless previous to that because you know he lost everything from his drug use. When he got out of jail, they threw him into a VA hospital for recovery. So then he got rehabilitated. But when he was rehabilitated, he was um, on so many head drugs, as he called them. And so he was somewhat a zombie, and he almost died from lithium poisoning. And so so when he called me, he was in recovery from that. And he said, he wanted to be back in my life. And then he was completely sober from that. He was not on any medications. He hadn't done drugs in years. Um, street drugs in years. And so we had these four years of truly, you know, connecting again, healing, hearing the stories of why he was the way that he was. And it connected the dots for me. So there was a lot of success in that. I mean, the childhood itself was not successful, I guess, if you would say that, because there was so much challenge and trauma on, on all sides of his and mine. But the success is that, you know, he recovered, he died in peace. And I am here to serve the world. And I come from that authentic authentic place of having to go through it and be of service to other people who are going through it in whatever role that they're playing in their lives. If they are a child, if they are a parent, if they're a grandparent, um, dealing with whatever their trauma was that was affected by their childhood or what they're going through as an adult. Um, I can see it from all these different sides because I'm so intuitive and I'm so compassionate and, and empathetic and seeing all of these different perspectives.
0: Yeah. And so the embodiment work is what helped you uh, yeah. heal everything and uh, come to term, come to peace uh, for yourself yeah. and your dad and yeah, being able to now help others. Uh, going through the same situations or uh, traumas that uh, you provide an amazing service for them so thank you yeah
1: thank you yeah
0: is there anything i haven't asked that you would like to share
1: Mm -hmm. um feels good to be where we are right now um I think that just if anybody is out there who is a single parent and feeling like, you know, you're not doing good enough or whatever that conversation is, is to give yourself that grace um, and to check in with yourself and, and realize that, you know, you're, I mean, that there's that saying that, cli- that's very cliche, but it's so true, right? You, you have to put the oxygen mask on first, right? If the, the, plane is going down. You've got to put that oxygen on mask on first before you help whoever's sitting in the seats next to you, even if it's your children, because you can't help anybody else. And so when we're in that place, especially if you are a single parent listening and feeling challenged and feel having that negative thought of I'm not doing good enough, or I can't do this and blah, 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 put the oxygen on uh, oxygen mask on first, you know, take care of yourself trust that you're doing the best that you can. If you are not, if it's you know, it's very obvious that you're not and you can do better, you know, hold yourself accountable. And not in a mean way, but really loving, tenderly way, because when you fill your cup, you will automatically fill your children's cups up too, right? They're going to see that. They're going to see the glow in your skin. They're going to see the smile on your face. They'll feel that in their heart. And so when they feel that in the heart, you don't have to do anything else, right? It's just gonna be in the ether between your, your household and your household. Um, and then and then once your cup is full and they really need you for something beyond that, you'll be there to serve them. You'll be there to listen to them when they're going through their hard times and their challenges and really be able to check in with your own emotions and be like, okay, what they're telling me is challenging, right? You have these tools to take care of yourself, but then you can also be there and and be the parent that you need to be for them in whatever way that is.
0: Yes. I totally share your message and agree with that, that we must fill our cup first, uh, because if we are miserable, then everything else around us is miserable too.
1: Yeah. My mom used to complain a lot and I remember, you know, I used to call her out on, I was like, you're complaining all the time and it's such a bummer. And, you know, she, I'm grateful that she checked herself, right? She was like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Got to change that. Yeah. And she, you know, whatever she did, I don't know what she physically did to do that, but I did see that shift and, you know, your children are that reflection, <laughs> Your children are the reflection. And so when they're coming to you and saying things, listen to them because they are giving you, they're the, your biggest teachers. You're their teacher too, but they're also your biggest teacher. So listen to them. If they are saying things, calling you out, there's probably some truth there.
0: You're right. We are, we are like mirrors of each other. Everybody who comes into a life, we reflect yeah. back to what we have inside. And
1: yeah. sometimes
0: it's a hard pill to swallow because like, I have this inside of me. Really,
1: I know. Yeah, exactly. Really challenging. Yeah.
0: If people would like to connect with you, learn more about you, where would they go?
1: Yeah, they can definitely find me at my website, phoebeleona.com, just my name.com. And I have my book there, Dear Radiant One. We can, you know, there's opportunities to work together in group settings and one-on-one settings. And I just love working with people and, and helping helping them feel more embodied, right? Be in their body, be w- with their emotions and, you know, so that they can thrive in life. Whatever roles that they're playing, parent, business owner, you know, daughter, whatever it is, right? Whatever role you're playing, you play- have many roles, but thriving in all of these roles.
0: Yeah, thank you. And we'll include everything in the show notes. Um... thank you you so much for coming on sharing your wisdom and sharing your work and your message i'm really grateful that you have been a guest here thank you so much
1: thank you so much for having me arena and it's such a joy and thank you for holding this space for single parents it's really important to have that space yeah
0: if you like this episode please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self Love, mindset and support for relationships where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again because life after divorce is possible and can even be great if no one told you today i want you to know that i love you and believe in you because you are limitless